Chapter Eight of Windsor Castle, Book Four. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Larry Green. Windsor Castle, Book Four by William Harrison Ainsworth. Chapter Eight, Showing the Vacillations of the King Between Wolsey and Anne Boleyn. Before returning to the state apartments, Henry took a turn on the ramparts on the north side of the castle, between the Curfew Tower and the Winchester Tower, and lingered for a short time on the bastion, commanding that part of the acclivity where the approach called the Hundred Steps is now contrived. Here he cautioned the sentinels to be doubly vigilant throughout the night, and having gazed for a moment at the placid stream flowing at the foot of the castle, and tinged with the last rays of the setting sun, he proceeded to the royal lodgings and entered the banquet chamber where supper was already served. Wolsey sat on his right hand, but he did not vouchsafe him a single word, addressing the whole of his discourse to the Duke of Suffolk, who was placed on his left. As soon as the repast was over, he retired to his closet but the cardinal would not be so repulsed, and sent one of his gentlemen to crave a moment's audience of the king, which with some reluctance was accorded. "'Well, cardinal,' cried Henry, as Wolsey presented himself, and the usher withdrew, "'you are playing a deep game with me, as you think, but take heed, for I see through it. "'I pray you dismiss these suspicions from your mind, my liege,' said Wolsey. No servant was ever more faithful to his master than I have been to you. No servant ever took better care of himself, cried the king fiercely. Not alone have you wronged me to enrich yourself, but you are ever intriguing with my enemies. I have nourished in my breast a viper, but I will cast you off, will crush you as I would the noxious reptile." and he stamped upon the floor as if he could have trampled the cardinal beneath his foot. "'Beseech you, calm yourself, my liege,' replied Wolsey, in the soft and deprecatory tone which he had seldom known to fail with the king. "'I have never thought of my own aggrandizement, but as it was likely to advance your power. For the countless benefits I have received at your hands, my soul overflows with gratitude.' You have raised me from the meanest condition to the highest. You have made me your confidant, your adviser, your treasurer, and with no improper boldness, I say it, your friend. But I defy the enemies who have poisoned your ears against me to prove that I have ever abused the trust placed in me. The sole fault that can be imputed to me is that I have meddled more with temporal matters than with spiritual and it is a crime for which I must answer before heaven. But I have so acted because I felt that I might thereby best serve your highness. If I have aspired to the papal throne, which you know I have, it has been that I might be yet a more powerful friend to your majesty, and render you what you are entitled to be, the first prince in Christendom. Tut, tut exclaimed the king, who was nevertheless moved by the artful appeal. 
the gifts i have received from foreign princes pursued wolsey seeing the effect he had produced the wealth i have amassed have all been with the view of benefiting your majesty <laughs> exclaimed the king to prove that i speak the truth sire continued the wily cardinal the palace at hampton court which i have just completed and at a cost more lavish than i myself should have expended on it interrupted the king angrily if i had destined it for myself i should not have spent a tithe of what i have done rejoined wolsey your highness's unjust accusations force me to declare my intentions somewhat prematurely deign he cried throwing at the king's feet deign to accept that palace and all within it you were pleased during your late residence there to express your approval of it and i trust it will find equal favor in your eyes now that it is your own by holy mary a royal gift cried henry rise you are not the grasping selfish person you have been represented declare as much to my enemy sire and i shall be more content you will find the palace better worth acceptance than at first sight might appear how so cried the king your highness will be pleased to take this key said the cardinal it is the key of the cellar you have some choice wine there cried henry significantly given you by some religious house or sent you by some foreign potentate ha it is wine that a king might prize replied the cardinal your majesty will find a hundred hogsheads in that cellar and each hogshead filled with gold you amaze me cried the king feigning astonishment and all this you freely give me freely and fully sire replied wolsey nay i have saved it for you men think i have cared for myself whereas i have cared only for your majesty oh my dear liege by the devotion i have just approved to you in which i would also approve if needful with my life i beseech you to consider well before you raise anne boleyn to the throne in giving you this counsel i know i hazard the favor i have just regained but even at that hazard i must offer it your infatuation blinds you to the terrible consequences of the step the union is odious to all your subjects but most of all to those not tainted with the new heresies and opinions it will never be forgiven by the emperor charles v who will seek to avenge the indignity offered to his illustrious relative while francis will gladly make it a pretext for breaking his truce with you add to this the displeasure of the apostolic see and it must be apparent that powerful as you are your position will be one of infinite peril thus far advanced i cannot honorably abandon the divorce said henry nor do i advise its abandonment sire replied wolsey but do not let it be a means of injuring you with all men do not let a malalliance place your very throne in jeopardy as with your own subjects and all foreign powers against you must necessarily be the case you speak warmly cardinal said henry my zeal prompts me to do so replied wolsey anne boleyn is in no respect worthy of the honor you propose her and whom do you think more worthy demanded henry those whom i have already recommended to your majesty 
the Duchess d'Alencon or the Princess Renée, replied Wolsey, by a union with either of whom you would secure the cordial cooperation of Francis and the interests of the See of Rome, which, in the event of a war with Spain, you may need. No, Wolsey, replied Henry, taking a hasty turn across the chamber, no considerations of interest or security shall induce me to give up Anne i love her too well for that let the lion charles roar the fox francis snarl and the hydra-headed clement launch forth his flames i will remain firm to my purpose i will not play the hypocrite with you whatever i may do with others i cast off catherine that i may wed anne because i cannot otherwise obtain her and shall i now when i have dared so much and when the prize is within my grasp, abandon it? Never. Threats, expostulations, entreaties are alike unavailing. I grieve to hear it, my liege, replied Wolsey, heaving a deep sigh. It is an ill-omened union, and will bring woe to you, woe to your realm, and woe to the Catholic Church. "'And woe to you also, false cardinal!' cried Anne Boleyn, throwing aside the heiress and stepping forward. "'I have overheard what has passed, and from my heart of hearts I thank you, Henry, for the love you have displayed for me. But I here solemnly vow never to give my hand to you till Wolsey is dismissed from your counsels.' "'Anne!' exclaimed the king. "'My own enmity I could forego,' pursued Anne vehemently but I cannot forgive him his duplicity and perfidy towards you. He has just proffered you his splendid palace of Hampton and his treasures. And wherefore? I will tell you. Because he feared they would be wrested from him. His jester had acquainted him with the discovery just made of the secret hoard, and he was therefore compelled to have recourse to this desperate move but I was apprised of his intentions by Will Summers, and I have come in time to foil him. By my faith, I believe you are right, sweetheart, said the king. Go tell your allies, Francis and Clement, that the king's love for me outweighs his fear of them, cried Anne, laughing spitefully. As for you, I regard you as nothing. Vain woman, your pride will be abased, rejoined Wolsey bitterly. Vain man! "'You are already abased,' replied Anne. "'A few weeks ago I would have made terms with you. "'Now I am your mortal enemy "'and will never rest till I have procured your downfall.' "'The king will have an amiable consort truly,' sneered Wolsey. "'He will have one who can love him and hate his foes,' replied Anne, "'and not one who would side with them and thee, "'as would be the case with Duchess d'Alencon or the Princess Renée.' henry you know the sole terms on which you can procure my hand the king nodded a playful affirmative then dismiss him at once disgrace him said anne nay nay replied henry the divorce is not yet past you are angered now but will view matters more coolly to-morrow i shall never change my resolution she replied if my dismissal and disgrace can save my sovereign I pray him to sacrifice me without hesitation, said Wolsey. But while I have liberty of speech with him, and aught of power remaining, 
I will use it to his advantage. I pray your majesty, suffer me to retire. And receiving a sign of acquiescence from the king, he withdrew, amid the triumphant laughter of Anne. End of chapter 8 Recording by Larry Green